You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Sarasini. Joining me this afternoon via Skype is my friend Micah Leboff. And Mike, the Islanders are in the playoffs. They uh, have won the Jennings Trophy. They uh, had the least amount of goals allowed in the NHL. And they are hosting game one of the first round at Nassau Coliseum against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that entire sentence seems like... It's complete insanity from where we were about a year ago from today. <laughs> I was going to say that. I, like, Can you imagine <clears throat> on October 1st just thinking to yourself or someone telling you, yeah, like uh, it's going to be Islanders-Penguins at the Coliseum uh, for game one of the playoffs. It's just that that didn't that universe didn't exist yeah. back then. No. It didn't exist at all. It, it did not. Uh, pretty much everything that I – yeah, everything I just said is just – that's crazy. Like nothing, we nobody would have guessed any of that. Like that's just crazy. The whole playoff. Maybe somebody would have guessed they go into the playoffs, but allowing a hundred less goals this year, <laughs> uh, two goalies combining for uh, you know a major award that nobody that the Islanders haven't won in thirty five whatever years, and hosting a playoff series for the first time in thirty one years. That's all. It's all crazy, but it's all reality. Like that's what I keep trying to you know c- come to grips with. Like how is this all possible? It's just unbelievable. Yeah, they uh, it's it's it was actually kind of bittersweet last night, um, you know, that the season came to an end because the season has just been so enjoyable. And mm. I know like the playoffs and, and, you know, this this playoff run, if it if it happens, is, is what it's all about. But like I was just having such a good time this whole season, uh, you know, turning things on the heads and now, you know, ratchets up a little bit with the playoffs. But I was really just kind of so- soaked that all in that that craziness uh watching them kind of snuff out the b team capitals last night <laughs> yeah uh so uh all of that was pretty much um uh i guess brought about by a three nothing win over the washington capitals in the final game of the season uh, which is uh last night on saturday night um i i thought they played their game i was kind of surprised that barry trotz didn't say we played our game after the game because that was an islanders game i mean the caps had 
a lot of shots on goal, or they outshot the Islanders, I should say. It was a pretty low event game, all things considered. Uh, a bunch of guys were set, uh, Nick Backstrom, TJ Oshie, and John Carlson among them. But Ovechkin was still there, and a bunch of other guys were still there. And uh, But it was a pretty low event game, but the Islanders had the majority of the high danger chances, and it sure seemed like that. And they played really well. Uh, they got two goals from Valtteri Filppula, whose upper body injury was neither a shoulder nor nearly as uh, severe as we all kind of thought when they told us he would be out for four weeks. He came back two weeks later, uh, and he scored two goals. Uh, one of them was gorgeous off that feed from uh, – who was he? he? He fed it to uh, Tom Kuhnhackel, and then he Kuhnhackel gave it right back to him, and he just tipped it right in. That was a really neat kind of goal. You don't see too many of those sort of like full-speed tip-in uh, deals, but uh, it was good. And uh, Robin Leonard picked up his team record – uh, well, I should say the team record 11th shutout. His sixth, and Thomas Grice had five, and that is the most shutouts an Islanders goalie tandem has had ever in the history of this franchise, which is, I mean, in, in a season of unbelievable accomplishments, I feel like that might be the most unbelievable <laughs> because, you know, I mean, especially back in the day, like the Islanders were not, I mean, Chico and Billy were so good for so long. You'd think that they would have had 11 shutouts in a season. doesn't sound like that many, but they set the record and like, I feel like that's an amazing accomplishment that's kind of getting swept under the rug among all of the other amazing accomplishments. Yeah, I think the the, the reason that's flying under the radar is because of Barry Trotz and people are kind of focusing on, on his effect rather than the fact that these two goalies have – who both have had moments in the NHL, but they neither one of them were ever what you would consider a bona fide starting goaltender in the league. And one of them just went through basically hell and back <laughs> uh, you know, a year ago. Um, yeah, and then the other one was terrible last year. Yeah. So it's just, this is like, yeah, definitely is up there. I, I mean, to me, I, th- I think one of the most unbelievable parts of the year is the fact that we, the whole Islander fan base, was counting down the seconds till Valtteri Filippo steps back on the ice, <laughs> and then he scored twice. Yeah, he scored <laughs> the, the, the guy, the, he's so good at. Uh, he's got great hands. So he's mm. he's not terribly quick anymore. He's smart and he's got great hands, and he's so good at um, those. I guess, like, no thought scoring chances, maybe, it's the best way to put it, uh, where it's just the puck, it hits a stick, and it's got, it's either a deflection or a quick shot, and he's he's always found a way to to, uh, to score those, for, for for us at least. I mean, he's, I trust him on, in in the slot, like, basically more than anybody. <laughs> like, mm. like, if I see it's 51, and, and I think Sezikis <laughs> is up there too, like, I trust him a lot in, the, in these, like, we need this goal situation, right. and we have a scoring chance. It's going in the back of the net with Phil Pula, and uh, it, that that was awesome. Uh, yeah. He is he is something else, uh, and <laughs> and I don't think I don't know if he's very good, but he has yeah. been very good for us. I feel like he and, and Sezikis is it's a good point you brought up too. I feel like those two guys maybe are more sort of emblematic of how the Islanders got to this point overall. Because I was thinking about it, and I, was, I was actually just watching some old Barry Trotz um, videos and post game press conferences and stuff, and. I feel like this season is really a testament to, more than anything, just fundamentals and how important they are. And I feel like the Islanders got this far by playing in a way that they had not played for a very, very long time. And that way is just simple, kind of go to the net, you know, chip it in deep, smart hockey. And like, you know, Philpola is that exact guy. Like, it's not even just way here where he is in the slot. It's like getting the puck back and like, you know, keeping it deep. Like this is all cliche, boring stuff that we're all sick of hearing all the time. But there's a reason it's a cliche. Like it works. <laughs> and when you, you know, if you get away from it for a shift or, you know, whatever, maybe a couple of minutes, you can get into trouble and that's how you get hemmed in your own zone and you're just not doing anything. But when you when you do it for weeks at a time or years at a time, you aren't going to be successful. And I feel like the Islanders at this point, like this is a complete change, a 180 degree change from how they had played previously, because I don't remember them having, I mean, all right, they obviously didn't have football at the time, but I mean, they could have had any of these guys playing this way, but they didn't. It took this coaching staff and this guy. And I mean, Stizikas, I guess is in a way always been playing that way, which is why Barry Trott said, you know, I wish, that line, a little bit of that line would rub off on everybody else because they, they that's the way they're supposed to play. But I really feel like that's it. It's just the fundamentals. And it's it sounds boring and it's, you know, kind of, I guess, uh, 
you know, bottom line or, you know, lowest common denominator stuff. But that's the way I feel just watching them play. It is boring. I mean, <laughs> if you see any of uh, charts from our friend Carrie Haber or other people, <laughs> they, the Islanders always end up in the dull quadrant. And there's a reason for that. They they can be kind of dull. And last night's game wasn't exciting, except for the fact that it was one nothing for a long time. But it, that's just what it is. And, and you know, as we've said before, you, you really can't appreciate that unless you've watched them over the last three, four, five years where they didn't do that stuff, and you're just like, oh, man, why can't they ever win this many games in a row? Or why is it always like these losing streaks just go on and on and on? They, the Islanders went this entire season without a single three-game losing streak. They, they lost three games in a row a couple of times, but there was always like an overtime loss there or a shootout loss there. That's something that they haven't done ever also in their entire franchise history, and it's just crazy, and it's all because, you know, simple plays by people like Valtteri Filippola that make all the difference, and you know, again, I wish we had seen this before, but I guess it took all that to get to this point. In which case, it's been a lot of fun watching this season. There, there. Um, I was. I'm doing some some work for for work uh, on on the <laughs> NHL playoffs, and uh, so I've been just reading about the Dallas Stars a little bit in earlier this morning. And after their second game, uh, excuse me, after their 82nd game, um, it was an article on the Athletic by Sean Shapiro about how what Jim Montgomery like reflected, just some reflections on the season. And he said that he met with, uh, Jamie, you know, those, those stars, ma- hmm. like management and leadership meetings that, that at one point ended up in the owner talking, you know, a ton of shit about, yeah. uh, Ben and, and Sagan. But yeah. this one came, this one, this meeting came up with, uh, the, the fruit of this meeting was that the stars wanted to play towards their identity. And that is obviously another hockey cliche that we hear all the time and we make fun of it. But in, in that, uh, same article, he said that they they looked at the New York Islanders and they were like, look at the, what this team does. What they do is they don't try to be a team that they're not. And that is, sounds so simple, mm. but when you're playing a game that is on ice going 35 miles per hour around you, like it's so hard not to probably get caught up and, to have that drilled into you to just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be an A to B team. We're going to get the puck deep. We're going to make sure things are predictable and manageable because we're not good enough to to play the way that, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs play or, you know, we, on the other side of the spectrum, like the even the Boston Bruins. Sure, we, we want to – we're kind of definitely venturing towards that, but they're still not good enough to play that crisp, uh, mm-hmm. you know, exit and entry game that the Bruins play so well. And – it's worked. Like, I mean, th- <laughs> and it worked for the, the stars and the avalanche also said the same thing. Like the Islanders and Barry Trotz, I guess more so than, you know, the, the organization itself, but the Islanders have kind of turned, uh, the shift a little bit of, you know, the, from high event hockey is what we all want and what you should play. And that's the mark of a good team is a team that, you know, generates a ton of scoring chances and shot attempts to maybe, you know, there's, you know, the New York, the New Jersey devils obviously did it. And, and, and sent the league into a lockout back in, uh, you know, the early <laughs> aughts and late 90s. But, like, there's something to be said. Those those teams had a ton of success. So yeah. what's wrong with just doing that? And uh, there's really nothing. And, listen, I th- for as dull as the Islanders are labeled and uh, this chart say they are, um, this has been the most enjoyable regular season of my life. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. it's Winning is fun. Like, the games yeah, themselves exactly. might not be exciting, but the winning sure as hell is fun. And, you know, the thing about the Devils, too, that you bring up is interesting is like that the 95 team, like it's so the Devils won three cups between 95 and 2003. And all those teams weren't actually cut from the same cloth. That 95 team was exactly that defensive, you know, just stagnating, swarming, stifling style that, you know, didn't score a ton of goals. I mean, Claude Lemieux or whatever was there. Leading score, I think, that year in the playoffs and stuff. And and actually the the Panthers the year after took what the Devils did and turned it up to eleven. Like they those guys were boring. They were awful. <laughs> but you know, they beat the Penguins and uh a bunch of other teams on the way to Stanley Cup final and then never, you know, haven't gotten there again. We're gonna talk a lot about the Panthers in a little bit. So I whenever people complain about the Devils or mention the Devils defensive style, I always I'm always like, dude, the Panthers were way worse. That we just forgot about them because they're the Panthers. But um, but then, you know, what happened with the Devils is they eventually started adding people that could score goals. And, you know, the 2000 and 2003 teams were among the league leaders in scoring. Like, those two teams were very, very well balanced. I mean, Patrick Elias didn't score whatever 300, 400 some odd goals by accident. Like, they were really good. Um, and so I would hope that in the future, although I'm not going to worry about that now, the Islanders would kind of take that and run with it. Like, okay, we've got the basis now. 
for playing defensive hockey. We know we can do it, and we know how to do it, and we know we're going to win. Now it's time to add some goals. Now that's we're going to talk a lot more in the second half of this episode about the, the upcoming series of the Penguins. But that's obviously everybody's big concern is they're going to score enough goals. But you know their defensive work has been outstanding this year. And um, it's funny you mentioned identity because again I was looking at old Trot's quotes and and I came across one that I had totally missed uh, from when they beat uh, the Penguins back on October 30th. And they they were still kind of working out the kinks of the system. But he said. You can talk about an identity, but you have to do it in the room. You have to do it on the ice. I think the guys are starting to believe in each other and hold each other accountable, and that's what you want. You want them to take the ownership, and that's what we've talked about. Like The accountability thing, nobody ever explains what it is until Trotz has explained what it is, which is like the guys are accountable to each other. They want to play for each other. But when he's like, you know, we could talk about an identity, but you actually have to do it. That's you know a huge thing that again post previous Islanders teams would not have done. Like they're like, oh yeah, this is our identity, but their identity then changes the next game and then they lose. It's like it doesn't work that way. These guys have an identity. They're going to work you to death. They're going to stifle you to death. They're going to the goalies are going to be there. And you know maybe they win three two or two one, but that's how they do it. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, it's cool also that you bring up the Stars because they are the ones who the Islanders obviously beat for the Jennings Trophy. Both teams were. Uh, neck and neck, but the Stars had two games left, and they lost, I believe, 6-1 to uh, or 6-2 to Chicago, which opened up a five-goal uh, gap with the Islanders, and then the Islanders went out and got a shutout in their last game. I don't even know what the Stars did in their last game, but it doesn't really matter because uh, they took home the Jennings Trophy, and the Islanders went from a team giving up 100, 296 goals last season to 196 this year, the only team in the NHL to give up less than 200 goals Um Trotz even said, it, you know, the goalies get the award, but really it's a team award. And in my in the Islanders' case, I would think that Mitch Korn and Piero Greco should get as much of a slice of that Jennings Trophy loot as the goalies should because they're without them, I don't think they do that. I mean, all things considered. So it's a huge thing. And obviously Robin Leonard, like, he went to the he went to the the notes pa- op, app on his phone and put out a tweet that I've never seen anybody do until we I, got you know, we had we had le- I had a little PTSD from that I was like oh no not another yeah note. me too <laughs> my God this usually means something bad but I was reading I'm like oh that was very nice of him to write it was pretty good did, um, did you the 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 perfect it's like the perfect encapsulation of this whole zeitgeist around this team is if you go to that tweet and you just open up the comments. And you just read through those. Do I have to? <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. It's beautiful. It's great. That's what I'm saying. It's much. It's like right. I think it's 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 actually like the most heartwarming thread I've ever seen on Twitter. I was nervous. I was like, why? Yeah, no. You know, because I, I responded to it and then I opened it up and I was like, oh my god, everyone feels the same way. You know, it's just all Islander fans just telling this guy he's you know he's their hero. Mm. Like it, it's just it. If you read through them, um, and. You know, I, I did this earlier in the morning, probably like around 11 or 12 a.m. So, you know, maybe some, you know, bad eggs have gotten in there since then, but I don't think so. Um, it's it's totally worth it uh, to to just check out how how much this guy has uh, meant to to this fan base and the team, and you can just tell like this 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 is totally an anomaly in sports and 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 basically yeah. the universe. Like the what's going on with this guy? <laughs> he is he is just something. He's really really special yeah no it's it, it, i mean it's remarkable i mean i'm sure he when he signed that bargain basement contract with the islanders he did not expect to you know win an award let alone two i mean he he's i would think one of the front runners for the masterton trophy at this point and rightfully so i mean considering all he's done so here's a guy who had no contract in on july 1st and he's going to walk away with a couple of pieces of hardware and hopefully an extension that, that he stays with the Islanders because he's having a good time. It's, that's pretty obvious. And if you saw his comments about playing in Buffalo, you would know that he's, ha- he's having a much better time here than he was in uh, uh, up there for sure. Um, but before that game, um, the Islanders also had two other games uh, this week. Uh, pri- just prior to the, the game against the Caps on Thursday night, they played in Florida. They won a shootout uh, 2-1 over the Panthers. Brock Nelson with the regular regulation goal and then the only goal in the shootout. Uh, Litterbox Cats, our uh, colleagues on SB Nation, said they, the Panthers got the full Nelson. And uh, I don't know if we used that, but we probably should have. That was good. Um, and, uh, you know, it was huge. It, it, it secured two points when teams like the Hurricanes and Penguins were also winning. So the, the fact that they wanted to shoot, that really didn't matter at that point. Uh, and it got the Islanders to 101 points. And Eric Hornick said that going by getting 101 points in that game, going into the final game was the first time the Islanders had gone into a game 
with over 100 points in God knows however many years, which is pretty remarkable. They played really well in that that Florida game, too, and they outshot the Panthers 29-22. And, I mean, yeah, the Panthers probably mailing it in. But uh, that was a pretty good performance, although, you know, again, once they had trouble solving a goalie. Sam Montembeau, didn't he, didn't he shut the Islanders out, I feel like, last season? Wasn't that something that happened? I feel like he's he had done something again, or maybe this season he was just outstanding. And people are like, who the hell is this guy? And I'm like, didn't the Islanders lose to this guy earlier this season? Like, he's pretty good. Um, but I can't, I, I can't remember. I, I, like. I, tend, I tend to block last season out yeah. as much as I can. <laughs> um, the Panthers today made some news by firing coach Bob Bugner and their power play coach, uh, whose name I can't remember now. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And apparently you're very close to bringing in Joel Quenville, which would be kind of a huge get for them, obviously. And also, according to New York Post's own Brett Segalis, possibly even Garth Snow. I am not making that up. I will put that tweet in the notes for this. Uh, so, yeah, you get you get Coach Q, you get GM Snow. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> good good for the, Jack Capuano, not fired, by the way. Jack Capuano is still on, on staff down there, at least as of right now. So, man, that'd be something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Just seeing if it, first of all, I think Capuano for for all his um, you know mishaps as a head coach, I can't picture like he's a perfect assistant coach in yeah. like a small small market team, especially one in Florida. I mean, Jack, the, just you look at him, you're like this guy looks like he belongs in Florida. <laughs> yeah, uh, he like that's just a a perfect spot. He should just be like their assistant coach in emeritus or whatever for <laughs> from now until he he hangs him up. Uh, yeah, that is. I, that's a lot to unpack. With the the Garth Snow thing. I don't. Uh, yeah. God bless the Panthers and yeah. stuff. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think Snow could potentially fill the role, maybe, that George McPhee held with him when he, you know, was GM of the Islanders. Where you know, you kind of have this other guy who's been a GM to bounce ideas off of. Because I mean, Dale Talon is still going to be there. I can't imagine Talon goes to like president or something and maybe installs Snow as a GM. Although now that I think about it. I guess I could see that with the passing of, of Bill Torrey. That'd be kind of interesting. But the Panthers are in need of a shakeup. I mean, we've seen what happened with the Islanders. Another team in desperate need of a shakeup last year. They got one, and it's worked out pretty well. And, you know, a lot of people are like, why would why would Joe Quenville want to go to a team like the Panthers? I mean, they're kind of, they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Even the Islanders haven't you know made the playoffs, didn't go 10 years without going to the playoffs. There's later longest was seven. But uh, they, they were a really high-scoring team this year. So I wonder if Coach Q is thinking – what Barry Trotz was thinking, which was, hey, if I could teach these guys to play some defense, they might be pretty good. So, I don't know. I, I could see Capuano definitely in Florida, like you said. I agree. I don't know if Coach Q is necessarily a Florida guy. It's a little too too much like Chicago in him, I guess, but St. Louis in him. But we'll see what happens. Uh, it should be pretty interesting in the next couple of days. Uh, probably by the time you listen to this on Monday, there will have been an announcement or two already. Um, prior to that Panthers game, the Islanders hosted their final regular season home game at the Coliseum. Turned out to be a 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, John Tavares, of course, scoring the what turned out to be the game-winning goal. Um, you know, the Islanders, they, they, I, I reminded me of a of a line from Barry Trotz earlier in the season, which was, you know, they they maybe didn't play well enough to lose, but they definitely didn't play well enough to win. <laughs> or did, didn't play bad enough to lose, but definitely didn't play well enough to win. They kind of turned it on halfway through the third period, but at that point it was too late. Um you know, things got kind of dicey, but at least the Caps lost that day, so it wasn't too bad. Um, were you at that game, or you yeah. know, did you get in there? Yeah, yeah. So I was there, and um, it was it was a strange thing. Uh, <laughs> as much as that first game was just all about catharsis and you know very therapeutic, that game was much more closure. I, I mean, like we keep saying, like over time, things will you know, and with the Tavares stuff, will die down. And um, actually, you know, looking back, hindsight being what it is, like I'm not terribly upset that he scored that goal just because it was like the band-aid coming off moment um his and, celebration was very john Tavares, by the way <laughs> he just yeah. didn't sort of like put his arm up and that was it yeah and it was a great shot i mean it, he actually played a really good game too he was he was really really good that entire game um i still hate his guts but he uh <laughs> he was yeah he was just like he winning face-offs and just was just a presence anytime he's on the ice uh it was it was funny. I, I expected the atmosphere to be much more of like a celebratory mood because they had just clinched um, that that Saturday, but it just people are still I think a little like just apprehensive about who was the opponent was. Either way, the 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 big takeaway I took from it was that uh, 
they didn't play their best game and they still only lost a game. They had a chance to send that game to overtime, which just yeah. goes to show you the type of, you know, the type of how tough they make it to gain an inch against them. Like you're, you, the, the, the Leafs were the better team that night. The Islanders lost two, one and had two point blank chances at the end to, to send that game to, uh, to overtime. I, right. so yeah, with, with the, the actual like gameplay wasn't terribly encouraged, but the, like as a, in a, in, as of some of all its parts, like as part of the big picture, I thought that that game actually was good. And I thought the whole run up to the playoffs, the Leafs game, then the Panthers and, uh, Capitals, like these, I think they were great tune up games, uh, in some respect, like the Panthers game, same thing. Like this, this team, they, they, I think that they, they kind of did what the Leafs did to the Islanders, the, to the Panthers. Like uh, they, they were the better team. The Panthers just hung in the game. The Islanders couldn't score, which is sure it's a problem, but uh, they, they were that game was played on the Islanders' terms. The, the Panthers just kind of hung in there, and uh, the Islanders were luckily, luckily to get, luckily able to, to win uh, <clears throat> in the extra sessions. And then the same with the Capitals game, like that. That to me was like, I wish Barry Trotz and Todd Reardon had just like made a handshake agreement and just said like, <laughs> listen, like this is just nobody get hurt and we'll we'll just make sure you you know you guys come out of this with the two points. It doesn't matter to us at all. So uh, maybe let Ovechkin score a goal number whatever, and then we'll <laughs> let you win because that's what kind of what it felt like. It felt like almost yeah. a scrimmage kind of game. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't seem like even the Islanders. The, sure, look, they they were doing it, but it didn't look like they were playing. You know, a hundred percent with like conviction because i think you know they were probably looking ahead to the playoffs they're human beings there's nothing wrong with that but i thought they looked good and and against the uh b level or not i shouldn't call them the b team but a severely <laughs> weakened capitals team so i thought they just did what they were supposed to do they took care of business and that just generates you know there's more there's like some form building among the team yeah they've been good they've probably been good i would say since what the past like 10 games they've they've looked good like which is yeah. exactly where you want to be going into the playoffs even in a couple of losses i mean we talked about that detroit game where they they ran the red wings out of their own building and yet couldn't score a goal when they needed one <laughs> you know just to just to to tie the game late you know so yeah they're they've played some good games i mean they, they did get shut out in those two games against the bruins and canadians um but other than those two they've they've played really well for for a little while now um yeah you know the the um the the thing with the uh the Leafs game is yeah you you could tell that the uh, the reception was a lot more muted and, and I agree with you like the uh, you know the, for all the faults of that game they were only down one nothing until about midway through the third period or something like that so they they could or I think it was or was it the second I forget but they were they could have come back and and done it but but didn't again they it was a little bit too late too little too late so I don't have a ton much more to say about it but you know I I did find it funny and I really hope this is the last time we talk about the Leafs <laughs> for the rest of the rest of the year um I did find it funny that the same day or or the day after that game um Bryce Harper made his return to Washington as a member of the Philadelphia Phillies and I kept seeing all this stuff you know like you know Twitter moments and stuff like that oh my god look at how he's getting booed they're really booing him out there it's crazy the the the, the Nationals fans are really taking it out on on Harper and every every video I watched I was like really that's it <laughs> like maybe it's because it's an open-air stadium but I'm like that doesn't sound like a ton of booing it sounds like the normal amount of booing you would hear in a baseball game I mean I tweeted this too I mean a-Rod heard harder boos than that when he was playing for the Yankees. You know, from Yankees fans, they booed him harder than that. Like, I just, I don't know. To me, I was like, man, you guys, if you think that's a lot of booing, go back and watch the first Tavares game because that's a lot of booing. This is not much. And, and of course, Bryce Harper ended up hitting a home run, and the Phillies won like 6-2 or something like that. And by the end of it, the whole stadium was filled with Philly fans anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. But I just find it was kind of <laughs> – um, and, of course, Harper was like – you know, he was getting into it. He's like, I know they can boo me. I got all these people back in Philly cheering me, blah, blah. And I'm not saying that, like, John Tavares needs to be kind of a cocky douche like Bryce Harper. A great player, but let's be honest, he's kind of a cocky douche. Um, but it just is funny to me how, like, people can be very different and take a very similar situation and be very different uh, <laughs> <laughs> than that is. But it, um, it was it was it was hard not to, to draw the parallel right. between those two games. And uh, the the thing that I thought the best part is. Like the Nationals Twitter was getting in on it. Like right. Harper struck out in his first at bat and whatever. Like, and it's like I I just think it's so funny the way that two completely different sports. To mm. you know, obviously like baseball is much more elevated than hockey. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't say 
baseball is like hugely popular right now among in, in like the sports sphere. But like it's on ESPN. It gets mm. a, a Harper gets a lot of eyeballs. Everyone in the no- world knows who he is. And it was more uh, it was like a celebration of uh, sports fanaticism. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the Islanders, it, it was it was like Darren Drager's only two tweets that night were about the cops <laughs> and, and it added security. So like it's just like unbelievable that the the if you wanted to just know you know a very quick surface level frustration, you just look at <laughs> the two those two games and how the, the the their respective sports medias treated them. You're like, all right, I guess that makes a little bit more sense than why you guys hate everybody so much. <laughs> well, and but it's funny again. You you mentioned that, but it is you know it is about sports fanaticism and and it but it, for whatever reason like that whole thing, I guess because you know I guess Leafs fans I saw on Twitter was still getting given Islanders fans a lot of garbage for you know the way they they treat Tavares and and it, it's for whatever reason I had totally forgotten about and maybe you might remember this too like when Matt Martin first came back as a member of the Leafs to the Coliseum. Or to center, they the team gave him a tribute video, and people gave him like a standing ovation, like a large round of applause, and he applauded. And I remember seeing a lot of Leafs fans on Twitter also being like, "Why are they giving him this kind of ovation? He was just a goon. Like I don't understand. His Corsi four was only forty seven point something percent, and he only scored X amount of goals or whatever. And you know, people like myself were like, "You don't understand. Like this guy." Loved being an Islander, and he's a huge part of the community, and we loved him. We loved the way he played, and he just represented the team so well. And I think eventually they kind of came around and kind of understood. But there, a lot of them were very confused as to why Islanders fans would be so excited to see Matt Martin again because he's Matt Martin, you know. Then, fast forward two years, Tavares leaves after telling us he wants to stay. He comes back, and we boo him, and all these Le- same Leafs fans are like, why are they booing this guy? I don't understand. He's so, he's such a hero to them. I don't get it. Why? And it's like – the more I thought about it, the more I started getting angry. And I just realized that they just don't get us. Like they're never going to get us. They don't want to get us. And it's just going to be this way forever. And it's just, I really wish they would kind of stop trying to analyze what we do. Cause it, we're outside of their realm or their scope of understanding. Like it's just never, they're never going to get it. Cause they don't care. They don't see us as like fans on equal footing of them where we're not equal that, that they just, they look down on us. They don't get us. And it's just the way it is. And I feel like, you know, we don't need to justify ourselves or explain ourselves to them. Just do what we want to do. And we're going to boo the people who we want. And we're going to cheer who we want, when we want, how we want. And that's just how it's going to be. And just because they're like, Canada has three three sports networks, two of which are catered to wiping the asses of Joe Leafs fan, or the wiping the ass of Joe Leafs fan, doesn't mean we have to, too. Like, I just don't get why they, they don't understand us and they don't want to understand us. But that's the way it's going to be. So... Yeah, it's, it, already. It, yeah, that's just like ch- changing gears a little bit. Like uh, I was watching the uh, uh, NHL schedule announcement thing, and I, th- I'm not criticizing the the show at all because they they glossed over every series quickly. But uh, <laughs> it was it was just like funny the way that you know they they treated the Islander Penguin series. It was almost like you know there was nothing. Um, there was no you know I can't believe you know the Islanders did this or anything. It was very. Uh, just matter of fact, and, right. and I just was like, I'm very excited for the the first of all the the two days so, today and or excuse me tomorrow being Monday and Tuesday are gonna be awesome. There's there's no better two days to be a <laughs> hockey fan than to the first two day the two days before the playoffs start because mm-hmm. then it's just obviously you know you you just go into playoff mode and it's you know mm-hmm. a terrible terrible existence. But uh, those those two days when you're just looking forward to it and you're thinking about like how the the series might unfold. Uh, are just so great because you can just revel in the fact that you're in the dance. I'm very excited to see how the Islanders are treated uh, by <laughs> the the kind of more surface level, like the national media. We've already seen like I think one Pittsburgh like newscaster, yeah, s- already like you know trolled the Islanders a little yeah. bit. First um, mute of the playoffs for me. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be funny because this I don't think any. I mean, we see, we saw it. We talked uh, about it earlier in the season with the betting markets. Like, I don't think anybody truly knows how to quantify the Islanders uh, as a team just because of their their stat profile and their the way they play and their goaltending. And it's I the odds right now. I think have like they had the Penguins at uh, minus thir- one thirty five to to win 
the series, which is like give, make, basically makes it a 55% chance. Hmm. Uh, that's kind of what I expected. I expected it to be like in that range. Um, be, but I think that just shows that shows Ozmaker's hands and and the general kind of like this general narratives is going to be. This is very close to a coin flip, but just because the Penguins are the Penguins and the Islanders are the Islanders, we're going to give the edge to the Penguins, which I think is kind of appropriate for where what the season is. It's like the only people who know what the Islanders are are the people that have been paying attention, the Islander fans and the team and the coach and the GM. Like we know what the Islanders are. A lot of people don't, and mm. hopefully they find out uh, for the next two months. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about that playoff series and uh, how both teams stack up right after these messages. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, okay, so uh, the Islanders are in fact going to face the Pittsburgh Penguins in Game One at Nassau Coliseum on Wednesday. Uh, this is a matchup of the second and third teams in the Metropolitan Division, and the Islanders and Penguins obviously have a history. Uh, the Islanders have beaten; they've met in the playoffs four times. The Islanders have beaten the Penguins three times. Uh, a lot of that's kind of ancient history. The, the Penguins obviously have won the most recent series back in uh, 2013, the lockout year. Um, you know, we've been saying before that I, we kind of feel like the Islanders matched up pretty well with the Penguins. That doesn't mean to say that I think either of us think this series is going to be easy because I'm sure it is not. Obviously, you know, I think what like what you're saying, I agree with you. Like I, I would if I was a, a lot, an odds maker, I would also probably give the Penguins the edge. I mean, they've got more Stanley Cup winners on that team than the Islanders do. Although the Islanders do have one from them, <laughs> and Tom Kuhnhackle, who's probably going to get a lot of time in the playoffs too. We'll see. But um. You know, I, I do think that I was kind of dreading the idea. I was really <laughs> pulling for the Penguins to win that game against the Rangers on Saturday because uh, had they lost, it would have meant the Islanders would have played the Carolina Hurricanes. And I was really, really dreading that because I really feel like the Islanders would have had their hands full with that really speedy Carolina team. Yeah, and we'd have to see all the NHL media members who who bought their bunch of jerks t-shirt, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, again, good luck to the Hurricanes. They're playing the Capitals. You know, we'll see what happens. I, I think ultimately the Caps probably win that series, but I think the, the Hurricanes are going to give them uh, all they can handle for sure. But uh, I just think the Islanders, you know, the way they play is just a grinding, slow, dull um you know, defensively responsible game. And I, I feel like the Penguins can be beaten. Again, it's going to take a lot of work. And, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that the Islanders do that. But I, I do think they, they match up pretty well as long as they can keep a couple of those bigger guns in check. Um, you know, I'm going to be having nightmares about Sidney Crosby, I guess, for the next couple of weeks. But uh, I guess that's how it goes. That, that means it's, you're in the playoffs, I guess. Yeah. I think, actually, the, the way this podcast started was – you and I had were just kind of emailing back and forth about like the general f- feelings of anxiety you get um, from from a playoff uh, series, and I think that that was the Capital series, I believe that we did it on. Um, but yeah, and, and that, all I've been thinking about when when uh, who, I don't even remember who scored that goal last night. To I think it was like Jake Gensel because he scores every goal. But uh, <laughs> he, he whoever scored that goal to tie it up against the Penguins, I celebrated it, and um, I realized like in the back of my head, I was like. You don't you know you don't want to do that like that's a little bit you know don't want to tip your hands to the hockey gods too much that you're rooting for the Islanders to play Sidney Crosby in the playoffs but like you I just think it's like you we know we can we know what the Penguins are they're kind of a known com- commodity I've the the Hurricanes could be shot out of a slingshot in into the playoffs and just steamroll teams until yeah. the, they get to the Lightning and I just I that's why I'm I'm not confident that the Islanders would win but I would much I, I'd much rather a coin flip with the Penguins than I would with the Hurricanes just because I think the Islanders are built to, to take the unpredictability and chaos out of games, and they should be able to do that against Pittsburgh. And they are a hardworking team, and, and 
the Islanders, like if they get to work against the Penguins defense, which is pro- definitely their, their weak spot, especially with Latang and Dumoulin kind of, uh, not at 100%. Like they, yeah, and Olimata, too, was right, recently yeah. hurt. I think he's back or is hurt or something like that. They've had they've had a, a litany of injuries, uh, especially in the last month. And, you know, if they, the Islanders get their guys, you know, in deep against Eric with Branson and Johnson, like this is that, – that's a good matchup for them. I, uh, there's not, there's no sh- There was no shame in, in rather in rounding to play the Penguins and the Hurricanes, I don't think. But that being said, like, it's going to be a really, really hard series to win. Yeah, uh, and, no, and I'm, sure. I'm generally terrified of every team in the NHL. But like <laughs> knowing that, just knowing that Chris Letang is going to be skating around, pissing everybody off for the next, you know, two weeks is is, is not fun to think about. Yeah, um, I think that. Well, first of all, I, I'm kind of glad the Islanders had that. They got the win against the Caps, and so that now they can have like three optimistic restful practice days or they were off today, but they can get two two good practices in before the series that I think are, are going to be pretty important. But also um, they need to work on their special teams like that. That's the thing that really kind of has me worried. We, we've talked about how bad the Islanders power play is. It is absolutely pitiful. <laughs> They're 29th in the league. They you know, it's cost them untold amounts of points this year. I mean, I feel like um they were they were over three on the power play against the Panthers that game we talked about before and so I mean they could have probably gotten a win in regulation had they scored on one of those goals uh, one of those power plays they were uh, I think over two on the power play against the Leafs or actually they had back to back power plays and I think about it in one period against the Leafs and didn't do anything of note on either of them and so that's going to be huge obviously um, but also their penalty killing is only kind of middle of the pack and you know. Those of us, and I know you remember, and I remember back when <laughs> that 2013 series happened, and the penalty kill was the was the death of the Islanders. Now this Islanders penalty killing is a million times better than that one was, but still, you know, you don't want to give them too many chances on the power play, and you definitely don't want to, you know, waste those opportunities. They did pl- have a good a couple of good kills against the Caps yesterday, uh, again minus Backstrom and Oshie and those guys. So there's a, there's a chance there that they can turn turn it up. I mean, again, middle of the road is better than bad, but. Uh, that to me is where this is all going to come in, and you know, a, a power play goal here and a, or a penalty kill there could really make the difference in the series. I know that's again a cliche, but I feel like it's going to come down to something like that, you know, where it's going to be like, oh, but if they had just scored on that one power play, or if they just, you know, they came ten seconds from killing that one penalty, that would have made the difference in the series. And so that's what I'm a little bit afraid of. Although I'm basically afraid of the whole thing, like you said, <laughs> but uh, I really think it's going to come down to that. Yeah, there's there's definitely a. Um a pretty straightforward way to, I want to say to beat the Penguins because it won't, you know, you can't just say, all right, go do this and you'll win. But, <laughs> you know, I think t- the top of the list is you just, you know, you don't, you don't take penalty, they'll happen. But if you take a needless penalty against this team, you are just asking for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I, th- I want to, I, I mean, I, this is, I haven't looked it up yet, but I, and I will. I, um, anecdotally, I was pretty uh, thrilled with the way the Islanders, uh, like their their discipline. It looks like yeah, they were they were um, about yeah. middle of the road. Them and the in Penguins were very close penalties, actually. Yeah. yeah, in terms of total times, they were shorthanded. But uh, even even so, like this, you you trust someone like Barry Trotz and and the staff to basically drill it into them. Like, listen, you're you're not going to win a special team series against them. In fact, you know Josh Bailey and Sezikis and Matt Martin could tell you exactly how that special team series against the Penguin will turn up. <laughs> Uh, turn out because even though you maybe were the better team, you will lose. Um, yeah, and and that that general feeling of killing off when when your team's killing a penalty, it feels like the penalty lasts between six and eight minutes as opposed <laughs> to when when the Islanders are on the power play, it feels like it's you know, forty five seconds. It, when you're playing the Penguins in the playoffs, if, and Sidney Crosby is on the half wall with the puck, you're like <laughs> this 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 penalty kill has lasted three days. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, that's got to be just agenda item number one. Is you do not give them uh, the opportunity on uh, more than <laughs> you don't give them any opportunities on the power play. That is the right. goal. If you do that, the Islanders this should should have some success. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, and and the other thing too is, um, you know, how how well are the goalies going to ha- hold up? Um, Robin Leonard is his first time in the playoffs, which is 
remarkable. I mean, not remarkable, I guess, considering <laughs> the teams he played on. Uh, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how well he does. You know, sometimes goalies get hot. They get in the playoffs, and, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they want to make the most of the opportunity. Thomas Grice, obviously – straight up stole a, a, a playoff series a couple of years ago against the Florida Panthers. He and John Tavares basically ripped that playoff series right out of Florida's hands. So both of these guys, you know, it's good to have two guys that, that have that ability, or at least, you know, have had this kind of, these kinds of seasons. Uh, the Penguins obviously have Matt Murray, who's won two Stanley Cups for them. And then Casey DeSmith, who's played a lot this year because Murray was hurt for a while. He had a concussion for a little bit. And I mean, he's had a good season for sure, but you know, maybe not the kind of season you expect Matt Murray to have had at this point. And uh, but to Smith, look like he's he's pretty good too. So um, it it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I, I I keep saying like I think they match up pretty well. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's great having Game Seven at the Coliseum, um, but at the same time, I could totally see the Penguins winning a game there to seal a playoff series because they've done that before. Like we've seen that before and the Coliseum was a great place to watch a game. I, I don't feel like though, this is one of those situations where even though it was only six years ago, none of that, that of either of those two teams applies to these teams, you know, like although Crosby and Malkin and I'm sure a bunch of other guys were on that Penguins team, that team was not what this team is right now. That was before they won two more Stanley cups. And obviously the Islanders are, two coaches and a million degrees changed from the team that, you know, couldn't stop a beach ball in that series uh, before, you know, kind of bowing out in, in six games. So I don't think it's that relevant. And I hate to, that I've already referenced it a bunch of times here, but uh, it, you know, and also the, you know, it's nice that these are two kind of old, age old rivals. Like these are two teams that if you look at the, the list of matchups this year, you know, it's Washington versus Carolina, Columbus versus Tampa Bay. Obviously, you've got Bruins and Leafs, but you know Islanders Penguins is a is a rivalry that goes way back, and I think like people are, are going to be ready for it. I do have one request though, of people listening to this, if we're going to taunt the Penguins, and I expect that as Islanders fans we are, please don't use Cindy Crosby as like a pejorative or like an insult because it's incredibly lame and incredibly stupid and basically very offensive so just don't do it like you know come up with something better this dude's been in the league for 15 years now we can do better than than cindy like it's just not we don't need it come up with something better um and uh you know we'll go from there but i'm sure the coliseum crowd all thirteen thousand people are going to make it sound a very unwelcome place for the pittsburgh penguins for hopefully not too many games because the islanders you know can maybe uh maybe uh finish things up in five games and uh, we can all move on it'd be pretty cool but we'll see yeah. uh, and, and if you have tickets for um PJ Masks live on Friday. I'm very sorry, but that performance has now been swapped. It has been swapped out. So you'll have to take it up with your uh, your ticket rep, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I, another great thing about the playoffs is the two weeks before uh, the games are set and the match was set, people start to f- try to figure out. I mean, I was doing it too when the Islanders were playing. Right. PJ Masks being the uh, the thing that's that might be <laughs> keeping the Islanders from from. Uh, you know, having like a normal schedule was pretty funny. And yeah. uh, I spoke to a source that said that uh, basically, will the Islanders, you know, is there a chance they play back to back? Because I thought, you know, yeah. as, as, as annoying as that might be, it was probably an advantage for them, given of how right. well they played on back to backs and the fact that they could play both goalies. And, and you know, there's no real dip in it in, in from one goalie to the other. But uh, that decision, I think, apparently was going to was reportedly coming down to, to Lamarillo and, and the league. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it, maybe Lou would be like, you know what? Yeah, maybe we will play it back to back and, uh, force the penguins to into a weird situation. But, uh, I don't think the league, you know, would have, would have allowed that to happen. And, uh, wow. So yeah. you're saying that Lou Lamarillo has done what, uh, Romeo and night ninja and, uh, <laughs> Luna girl have not been able to do, which is stop the PJ masks cold yeah. in their tracks. Yes, exactly. As, I guess, uh, and if you have absolutely no idea what I just said, that means that you probably don't have kids, and you should be enjoying your freedom as we speak. Because <laughs> I know exactly what I just said. Any parent knows exactly what I said. And to be honest, PJ Masks—it's not that bad a show. My my daughter liked it when it first came out. She's a little bit older for that now. Now she prefers Disney Channel shows with like live actors in it. So it's kind of that transition period from you know cartoons to live action shows. Um, but uh, she's she's had some PJ Masks. There's definitely some PJ Masks toys in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think but, uh, yeah. what you're saying, like about the Coliseum, I think the that is the one constant, and it wasn't even a constant between the 2013 series and the uh, and this one coming up is is the 
Coliseum crowd is going mm. to be. I mean that that series was so much fun to be in that building. I think I was in there for I was a year I was working with Fischler, so uh, I was in that that building, you know, for every minute of that series. I was in the building for hours before every game, and um, I actually went up to Pittsburgh for one and two, and I, like I remember every second. It feels like it was yesterday that series, honestly. <laughs> but even though it was now five years, it's really strange. But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> the and that that Penguins team back then was like a lot more. Uh, they were, I'm not going to say goonish, but they just had much more hateable, punchable faces on that team oh, for sure. than they do right now. Because I, And also, the Penguins have just been so far out of our reach. Like, that was – back in 2013 was really the last uh, – like, the last time they were kind of in our universe. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, 20 uh, – when they played the, the – year you know, they played the Capitals, they would uh, – and they got they got eliminated in the first round, so they never got a chance to meet them. But, uh, like, we we were – we hung with them that year. Uh, in that 2013 series. And since then, it's just for, for basically every season, the Penguins have been 30 points ahead of the Islanders <laughs> from October on. So, right. Yeah. It, I, 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 I've always liked, I always loved to hate the Penguins and that, that feeling will be fun to have back. Uh, now I, I hope, you know, I just, I hope that the series is, is exciting in a good way. And, and, uh, we can really, really start to hate, hate those guys again. And it goes both ways too. They hate the Islanders also. And I'm sure that there are, some old ass Penguins fans out there that remember, you know, David Volek and and uh, Brian Trottier or you no know, uh, John Tonelli and all those other guys, you know, that that sunk the Penguins earlier. Um, one thing that I think is going to be interesting too th- for this playoff series and others is that uh, again, like I mentioned before, the Islanders never had a three game losing streak this year. I mean, they had a couple of three game streaks where they would win a game in overtime or something like that. So. I'm kind of interested to see because they, when they lose games, they generally bounce back. I mean, again, we talked about the two, the two back to back shutouts, which was a bit of an anomaly for them. Normally, they bounce back, so I'm kind of interested to see how they they can pull that off in the playoffs. You know, I mean, they're going to lose a game at some point to the Penguins, and you know, I'm almost interested to see what happens in the next game. You know, how they come out and how they address it, and I feel like Trotz will have them ready. I feel like Anders Lee will have them ready, and um, I, I feel like um, uh, you know, the guy I want to that this is not obviously. A, uh, a giant leap or anything, but I f- I'm going to be interested to see how how Bar- Barzell handles this because he's never been in the playoffs before, especially against Sidney Crosby, who's one of his idols. Um, he's had a good season, obviously, but not a great season, not, not as good as the season he had uh, to win the Calder Trophy offensively, but, I mean, his defense has come a long way, and uh, he's going to be targeted for sure by these Penguins. So I'm interested. He's the number one guy I'm going to keep. Not that I wouldn't anyway, but I think he's the number one guy I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for uh, to see if he can elevate things and take that 200 foot game, add some more of the offensive, uh, you know, powers to it that he we saw last year, and and maybe make this, you know, a big coming out party for him after last year. I think he's kind of faded back into the the background a little bit with with the Islanders' success. I think this might be the year that people are like, all oh, right, I forgot Matt Barzell is really, really, really good, <laughs> uh, and you know when he starts turning heads on MSNBC or CNBC or wherever they. They throw the Islanders. I <laughs> guess actually, MSG I is for us. They're playing but. them on NBC Sports. Oh, really? For, yeah, for the first four games. Oh, because- for- I forgot to mention, um, game three is at noon uh, next Sunday, so a week from today at noon. So, yeah, that'll definitely be on NBC. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, funny the funny uh, Barzell kind of thing is that uh, remember that during the All-Star game, he played with Crosby and Latang, and those two guys were just gushing right. about him. Yeah. It was very strange and kind of weird. I almost thought it was – like, and I said on that when we talked about that, that the uh, players uh, of other teams have talked about other Islanders before, uh, mm-hmm. mostly Tavares, and then that weird Mark Shifley has like a Josh Bailey <laughs> fetish. But um, <laughs> yeah, just, about that. yeah, that's yeah. a great video. But uh, he, uh, th- you know, is always Tavares is you know hardworking. He just wants to outwork you and loves hockey more than anyone. And and then with Barzell, the two, Crosby and Latang were like just mesmerized by the guy. So I think uh, their their game plan will be to you know um, when Eric Branson and is on the ice with Matt Barzell, he's going to you know try to be a nightmare against him and and, and be rough and uh, I think that that you know that that's what I would do. So if I was a parents, <laughs> I don't think you know if there's anything you know wrong with that and trying to make you know his life a little bit of a living hell for, during the series, but. Uh, we, you know, you just gotta be ready for that. I think the, and, but the thing is the Islanders have a coach who was thinking ahead to, to those types of things being like, all right, Matt, like don't do what Evgeny Malkin is like his one flaw is that 
that you can goad that guy into taking the penalty. The Penguins could draw a penalty. You can slash Malkin in the skate on your way to the box, and he will do something stupid and even even the manpower. Matt Barzell just, and he's been really good about it too. It just can't, so this isn't you know too big a concern, but I'm sure Trotz will talk to him and say like, you know, just don't get goaded into taking stupid penalties if if the if Eric Goodbranson is you know bear hugging you after every whistle. So, <laughs> but those yeah. those moments are coming, and uh, I'm yeah. like excited for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, Barzell can have that fiery temper, but uh, I think I think you know it's going to be interesting too because uh, these two coaches. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that. Trots finally beat the Penguins last year. Yeah, you think we hate the Penguins. There's one person yeah. <laughs> on Long Island who hates the Penguins more than we do. And, and it's and Barry Trotz. Yeah, right. And don't think that Mike Sullivan doesn't want to get his revenge on Barry Trotz for beating him and maybe, you know, taking a, another Stanley Cup out of his his cabinet too. So um it's gonna be interesting. I I'm interested to hear what I mean, not that it will tell us, but I'm interested to see what kind of you know, lessons Trotz took away from that series and that he can impart on the Islanders. Because, I mean, again, as, as great as this Islanders season has been, you know, the Caps had a lot of weapons last year that the Islanders simply don't have. So it'll be interesting to see how he takes those lessons and, and transfers them. Whereas for Mike Sullivan, you know, he knows Barry Trotz from Washington. I don't know how well he knows Barry Trotz from, from the Islanders. And the, the Islanders did beat the Penguins in back-to-back games early in uh, – November, the Penguins, I think, uh, won the other two games this this season. I, or, no, or did the Penguins, did the Islanders win another one? I forgot now. I think they're two and two this season, but I might be wrong about that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how how these yeah. you know coaches especially take. Uh, I also, each other. I also, and I, I know now I bring it up the 2013 series again, but that series, the Islanders' defense consisted of Mark Streit, and then after <laughs> him, it was Andrew McDonald, uh, yeah, Matt, Andrew Har- <laughs> Matt Harkner. Brian Strait, like that, they had Vis- I think that yeah, that was Visnowski and yeah. Strait were basically the only and Hamannik, like uh, they were basically it. Like that, that, they had two or three good defensemen in that mm-hmm. series. Ryan Polak is going yeah. is great. Like at this point, like I have no problem with Barry Trotz. Hopefully, he already had the conversation with him saying, <laughs> "You're going to be the guy against Crosby. Like it's right. it's you. You're you're going to be Sid's blanket." And then they got you know Devon Taves who made the probably the pass of the season like mm. last night uh on the second was it uh was the, it first the, goal. the first goal the first yeah the goal, first yeah. goal yeah that that pass was just out of this world so <laughs> yeah i mean they, they the defense is really just good scott mayfield who i yeah. my heart sunk yesterday when he took that shot off his skate and missed, missed yeah. a little time but like their defense is in really good shape to cross obviously crosby's another level but like they can handle that that kind of workload. Uh, the 2013 team, Matt Karkner was playing against Sidney Crosby. So, <laughs> like, just there, yeah. there's, there's a, there's definitely a, a, like a, it's crazy to say, but the New York Islanders without John Tavares and with, with everything that happened in the summer are now basically in an even series with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, this yeah. is a level playing field that we'd be playing on. Well, and let's not forget that the goalie for that was the old professor, uh, Evgeny Dabakov. And now we have the Islanders have the Jennings yeah. Trophy I mean, winning. Tomas Bokun, you think yeah. about that series, like Flurry oh, and Dabakov right. were so cow. bad. But the reason that the Penguins won was that they were able to put Vokun in that's after right. both after both goalies let up four goals in the first two periods of every game. Vokun and Kevin Poulin would come in, and obviously Tomas right. Vokun would win that, uh, that uh, battle. Was he in net when they won Game Six? Was it Fokun? I'm pretty sure. I, I, I feel I, like, yeah. Oh my but god. The, I totally the thing forgot was like, about that. we, you know, we always give credit to Nabaka for playing so well down the stretch. He just ran out of gas, and the Islanders just didn't have a second option at that point. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they barely had a first option. Like, yeah, exactly. He was, <laughs> he was just gassed. But, yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, and see, now I got to look this up. If you Hold if on, you look up see. those YouTube videos and you watch like the. The guy, when the Islanders won Game Four, like every goal that went in that game was just soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, for the whole thing. Uh, so I'm looking right now, and uh, goal, yeah, Thomas Vokun. Look at that, he got the win. How about that? Amazing. I had totally, totally forgotten about that. That was Game Six. Yeah, that, he was the difference. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah. But, so we're gonna have. But to that's see why we're it. saying like this is not gonna be that kind of series. Like yeah. That, oh that no. That was just no. like that was that For series sure. was drunk. Yeah. 
very drunk. This one is going to be, yeah. hopefully, if the Islanders have their way, this series is going to be a lot more traditional. Yeah. I, I mean, th- it would be funny to see this be like the exact opposite of that series. And it's like teams just trade one nothing wins, you know, and so, until so, somebody gets to game seven and wins it. <laughs> to be the exact opposite of of every game being 6-5 or that game was actually 4-3 that was one of the lowest scoring games of the uh of the season of that series it, the, I remember the, the Penguins won two of those games 6-0 so that yeah. was yeah man what a wild there's a book to be written about that series that's crazy um but uh but yeah so uh it's it, we know the we know the opponent we know this the uh the schedule we know the places and uh yeah the Twitter beef has already started between the Islanders and uh Penguins Twitter feeds again another one in Long Island. Yeah, I think Come they did on, that. They, guys. They did that on They're purpose, paying you good money. Give me a break. Yeah, which they I, had to. Jeez. The, uh, <laughs> Give me a break. I thought uh, – I was happy that most people were – there was no, um, I guess, making fun of Islander fans because getting home ice advantage was such a big – like that, that is a footnote for most – successful franchises right that's what they're yeah it's, that's what they're expected. supposed to do yeah <laughs> this is what that was a gigantic deal for everybody i was so happy i mean just just yeah yeah oh, that's the first awesome. time in my life that the islanders are hosting a game one <laughs> i mean and, and again considering where they came from where we were i mean a year ago obviously the the season had ended and you remember they they had that that weird press conference with ledecky and snow and mall and uh and wait and just the, you know everything was kind of at an all-time low and then all of a sudden things started turning around and and here we are a year later and uh oh by the way uh the islanders finished the season with three more points in the toronto maple leafs so there you go uh <laughs> just want to throw that out there almost totally forgot <laughs> not that that means anything i'm just a little bit. you know just want to make sure that everybody remembers that uh okay so uh yeah so uh we haven't figured out <laughs> how we want to hang with this uh, schedule but uh you know, we'll we'll get together. I guess uh, next Sunday we we can't do anything. Maybe probably after Game Three, I guess we'll talk and uh, see uh, see where where the series is at at that point and uh, figure out where to go from there. How's that? Yeah, sound? I can't believe it. I just can't believe this is happening. Uh, <laughs> probably hit me on Tuesday. <laughs> I think um, I'm definitely. I'm, yeah, I had such a good time uh, going to to Pittsburgh for those first two games of the. Uh, series back in 2013 pittsburgh's a really kind of fun place to spend a weekend it's a it's like a easy pretty easy city to get around there's a lot there's actually a lot to do and um tickets i don't think look too too expensive on on their side because like we just kind of said like it's expected for the penguins to be there so it's not that big a deal when they make the playoffs where here it's much different and uh it's you know cost you an arm and a leg to get into the building but uh yeah, I haven't I haven't decided yet. I think I'm I'm gonna definitely do my best to to get to at least mm-hmm. one road game uh, for for all four oh. series. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm not I'm not ready to take take that step yet. But by all means, God bless. <laughs> go go for it. Do it. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh, I don't I don't want to keep you from. Uh, from buying tickets online so let's uh let's wrap this baby up uh and uh you know get to playoff dreaming uh sneakyathletic.com <laughs> is your place to get some cool islanders gear they got the goat they got the fort never lose uh probably a little late to get stuff by wednesday but if you type in anxiety in the discount code box you can save 10 percent. that's sneakyathletic.com get on it because uh there's gonna be some playoff games at the coliseum so it's pretty awesome uh this week's nhl names nhl name of the week is blue line by Marcus Pedersen rolls on edge. Marcus Pedersen of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is very hard to find a penguin that we don't already know. Marcus <laughs> Pedersen was acquired from Anaheim this year, so he's new. So he's not like a rookie that they called up from Wilkes Barre or something. He's pretty good. Like he's he's been okay, but he's he's old. Like he's you know, or at least you know, older. He's been around a little. So there you go. So uh, yeah, NHLnames.com. Check it out. It's by our friends Travis and John. Uh, did a great job this year, so it's been pretty cool. Um, what else? Anything else? Am I missing something? Uh, listen to Dan and Noel, Isles Buzz. They had a great episode last week, and uh, you should always check them out. And uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. It's going to be some cool stuff. Sounds like there's going to be some cool stuff happening over at The Athletic and our friend Arthur Staple. Um, tell everybody your Twitter handle again so they can follow you throughout the playoffs. It's The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should definitely follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, there's going to be some some great playoff reminiscing there, I'm sure, and some uh, some betting action for you if you want to take a look at that. And uh, I don't know what else. Any any parting words before the we get going on this thing? No, I've just I, I mean, it's just been a blast this this regular season. 
Yeah. Um, I'm just thrilled with how I, I mean, I just keep, I keep, I'll be walking to or from the train or wherever and just like get caught up in like a moment and think about, <laughs> you know, that, that just how great it's been. And, uh, yeah, I, so I appreciate this and, and everybody. Yeah, listening and interacting on Twitter and stuff—it's—it's it's just been awesome. It, this has been a much more enjoyable season than I think either of us could have ever hoped. And for sure, thanks to everybody for listening. It's been a great regular season, and we're gonna be here throughout the playoffs. And then we got the draft, and then the free agency, and all that other stuff. So we'll we'll be here. The the fun—I forget what Islander said it, but you know now now the fun starts. So there you go. Yeah. It's gonna be a good time. And and you uh, know what else? Actually, I, I should bring up that I'm excited is that. Uh, the Islanders have made such a considered effort to uh, bring back alumni uh, mm. since Ledecky and Malkin took over. Oh, wait. Also, I, I met John Ledecky at the Leafs game. I forgot. Oh, holy yeah, cow. I, saw, I just saw him on the inner concourse, and I just asked him if I could give him a hug. He said, yeah, and that was. And I told him I loved him, and he said, I love you, and that was it. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, I just saw my dad and my brother. They were at the game in different seats, and then I turned around, and he was just like right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, – I just I'm excited to see you know who those yeah do you remember they they brought out Hideki Matsui to that to he was at uh, one of the Capitals games when the oh. Islanders played the Capitals that series and uh, I just remember like looking up being like that Hideki Matsui and thinking like why couldn't that be you know Sean Bates or Jason Blake or something mm. I mean I love Matsui he's yeah. the man but but uh, and it was just like funny and I, and I'm excited to see you know there's they've obviously paid a lot more attention to that kind of stuff because Islander fans, you know, love that. You know, mm. they, they, they loved seeing Michael Pekka. We love seeing Michael yeah. Pekka on the Jumbotron. John Tonelli has been back. Like I'm excited yeah. to see those, those kind of things now that those guys are in charge and have a better head for it than, uh, the, the prior regime. So, yeah. you know, it'll be, it'll be cool to see, uh, you know, what kind of stunts they, they pull out and what kind of people they bring back. <laughs> Tonelli for sure, as you mentioned, has already been back. I expect he will be back as well. Uh, I expect, uh, Ed Westfall, who scored a goal against the Penguins to beat them one year. Chico Resch, I bet, would also be there uh, after kissing his goalposts in that series against the Penguins. Uh, so that would be another one. And uh, I don't know. Where is David Volek this year? Mm, no, you never know. Yeah. Maybe he shows up for a little, for Keith, a little hex we, action. Keith O'Coin. <laughs> I mean, Ray Ferraro would be the easiest, but he's probably got like his job to do, so that might be a little bit tough. Yeah. But uh, I could see him showing up. That, that would be something. I would like to see him call a game. It would be funny if they there. brought back like uh, I know Haley's playing in uh, in yeah, San, Jose, San Jose, I think, and but like and, and I know Trevor Gillies is probably a criminal, but it'd be funny <laughs> if they brought back like guys from the uh, from that brawl game too. Though. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez! Yeah, let's not. Well, Michael Grabner is going to be available, right? Yeah, so they can bring him back. But uh, yeah, uh, well, we'll see what we'll see what's in store for us. I mean, dude, if they bring back David Volek, that you know, I mean, the yeah, Penguins, Penguins fans are going to go crazy. They are going to hate the Islanders so much. Oh, I, th- you got to do it. If any Islanders employees listen to this, I mean, you got to get a manhunt or something. Find the man, <laughs> fly him out there, bring him. That would be the greatest thing ever. And just keep playing that clip over and over again. Even if it doesn't work, that would still just be awesome. Uh, but <laughs> thank you very much for hanging out with us. This has been a lot of fun. We will see you uh, probably after game three. Thanks a lot. In honor of the uh, Jennings Trophy winning duo, how about a little Waylon Jennings? Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.